now all of a sudden what I am doing and is aligned with what I'm passionate about, which is really important for me. But I feel like the pivotal moment for me was really realizing that there was never going to be a perfect moment. I, you know, everybody, I feel like mm. I've talked, I've talked about this with a lot of people where like, for me, it was like, I could hold on to a couple more paychecks. I could hold on to some, some stability, some health insurance, all that fun stuff. And then I was like, there's literally, there's never going to be a perfect time to do anything. There's never going to be a perfect time to have a hard conversation. There's never going to be a perfect time to quit your corporate job. And then it was like, what am I waiting for? Because every founder, business owner, everyone that I talked to always said that they wish they started sooner. Mm. You know, everyone regrets starting later. So I was like, I knew that I needed in that moment. I saw the, I'm like, I'm going to turn this brand to the next meat eater, the next Bon Appetit. Like I knew in my head where I wanted to take my businesses and we got a long way to go. We're just getting started. I just knew that I'm like, I needed to start now and I needed full-time attention and focus. And I wasn't going to be able to do that (laughs) working a corporate job and then trying to do a business on the side. Welcome to Modern Happiness, where we believe happiness is a choice. Our goal is to share how we and our high-performing guests choose happiness, covering topics such as fitness, mindset, relationships, business, and much more in today's world. Here are your hosts, Matt Mahalik and Taylor Sleeper. What's up, happiness homies? Welcome back to another episode of Modern Happiness. This week on the podcast, we have my good friend, Tess Bright, a South Jersey native, Colorado adventurer, who just recently quit her corporate job to pursue her passion of starting a business with none other than her family. This episode is jam packed with inspiration. Tess is seriously on fire this year. She has such big goals for her business and her vision is just incredible. I can't wait for you to hear this because I think this is an episode that you're going to refer back to more than once. Her energy on this podcast is just unforgettable and it's infectious. I was so fired up the whole time she was talking. And then after she left, we all got on the group chat and we're just freaking out. She was just so fun to have on. So without further ado, this is Tess Bright. What is up, happiness homies? Welcome to another episode of Modern Happiness. Today, we have a good friend of ours, Tess Bright. Tess, how are you doing? Wonderful. Never been better. Never been better. I love that energy. Matt, how are you doing? I have never been better. (laughs) It feels so good. You know, I woke up not good, and then I journaled, meditated, had my coffee, and I was like, I am a fucking king. So... I feel good. Deuce, how are we feeling? I just want to do an energy check. I honestly have never been better. Wow. (laughs) 
Okay. Uh, the vibes off Deuce right now. Like, yeah. You're just sitting with your legs wide open. I feel like I am Buddha Deuce. I feel like it's it's definitely Fat Albert vibe because it's kind of baggy and the the beanie on top of the headset makes it seem baggy. Deuce, can we get a hey, hey, hey? Hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey, Okay. Do you guys want to know why everyone has never been better? Tell us. Tell be Dottie? Be Dottie. It is oh. the best day of the year. Duh. Best really day of the is. year until tomorrow. It's a mindset. It's a lifestyle. Oh my I'm God. I just got it. the abbreviation. Yeah, I know. Be Dottie. I know, I know, Dottie. I, know. Day, no, oh, I, just sit, I had to sit with that for a second. <laughs> yeah. It's a, a house <laughs> over attached. She's like, what the fuck is happening right now? <laughs> like, <laughs> it's okay. Be yeah. Dottie. Yeah. Welcome to Modern Happiness. All right, Tess. Tess, I am so excited to talk to you. Um, I am too. Guys, I'm just so excited to be here. There's The energy is amazing. I think I met Tess maybe like nine months ago. You were still working, corporate job, talked about changes, talked about entrepreneurship, the family business, and you've been doing all the things. So we're going to dive in that, into that today. But first, we have some rapid fire questions. And Let's do it. we always frame this. These are loosely rapid fire, so feel free to elaborate. Okay. Um, I'll start us off. What is one thing you're grateful for? I am grateful to be back in the wonderful state of Colorado. Took some six months off. Um, I'm very fortunate that now, due to some changes that I decided to make, which we'll dive into, that I'm going to spend six months of the year in New Jersey and six months in Colorado. But love New Jersey, but Colorado is my heart. Colorado is where I feel like I'm at home, live for the mountains, love adventure. I'm going to try and get it so I'm spending more of the year in Colorado. Mm. We'll get there. I have some work to do. but I can feel that because as much as I love Colorado, you know, the beach being from Florida. So you get a little bit of both. That sounds wonderful. Yeah. Best of both worlds. Do you feel it? Like I'm also from the East coast from, from Connecticut and, uh, it's it's always great to go home and have the, there's something about being on the coast. Right. Um, but then landing here, like I can, right when I land in Denver, the Denver airport, I like feel it. I'm like, Oh, I'm home. It feels good. The energy just like radiates through your bones and you're just like this, this is where I was meant to be. Yeah. Like if I didn't have a business opportunity in New Jersey, I would 100% be in Colorado 12 months out of the year. But I like change. I thrive off of change. I need different types of scenery. Mm, yeah. Nice. Awesome. Okay. Next question. What is your most used emoji? Definitely the red dress dance emoji. Oh, I feel like there is never a moment cha, cha, cha. where you can't use that. Like, when I go grab drinks, like, red dress emoji. Like, I think you I know, date, red dress emoji. I have actually been using the guy version of that. He's got, like, a purple the suit. The disco guy. The disco, it's disco guy. And I've been leaning into that more, and I'm like, I should get a suit like that. Uh, okay. Oh, I'm wow. adding this to my repertoire. Wait, are you? Like, a purple suit? Yeah. Oh, it's my totally God. Alive. If Bring you get a red dress... I'll get the purple suit. <laughs> Say no more. Do I get a kiss after? Halloween costumes for next year? Mm. Oh, Ooh. just a bunch of emojis. Yeah, there you we go. can get oh, all of our friends. Oh my god, that'd be, be so your fun. favorite yeah, emoji. All three of them. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just, I just um, okay, moving on. What is your walk-up song? Um, great question. I feel like I've been having a big rock moment recently. Mm. The for rock, rock classic, it's about drive. Classic, it's about power. Classic rock, hard oh, rock. Oh, not so, the rock. No, not the <laughs> rock, but rock the house, ACDC. Um, oh, yeah. have been... <laughs> Were you serious? Yeah, the rock <laughs> has that song. With, I like, don't even Tech know. Nine or... Oh, you guys don't know that? You guys don't scroll through reels enough. It's about drive. It's about power. We <laughs> hungry. We devour. It's it's fucking wonderful. Okay. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Sorry. Rock, rock and roll. Rock the house, <laughs> ACDC. I feel like I've been giving rock a big moment because we've been using it for branding for Hooked Up Marketplace. Nice. So big Ooh, rock roll now. I can't wait. I got so many questions on that. Uh, do you know what they call ACDC in Australia? 
ACDC. Akadaka. Akadaka. Yeah, they're all an Australian band. Really? Yeah, they call them Akadaka. If somebody like were to bring that up in conversation, I literally would have no idea what they're talking mm-hmm. about. Yeah. I, um, I love how dudes just gave it an Australian accent. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I feel like she's Australian, it, like the Australian people, their that accent is my favorite accent in the so whole time. So I can't do it. You're only allowed to talk in an Australian um, accent for, for the rest of the podcast. Ooh. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Wow. And if you don't, you drink. <laughs> Fat Albert with an Australian accent. This is great. We're on fire. Uh, Tess, what is your favorite book? Um, I will be the first person to tell you that I'm not a huge reader, became more of a reader in 2020, but love to cook. So 2021 has been the year of cookbooks. I thoroughly enjoy reading cookbooks for fun. I feel like there's so many things to learn from them. My favorite cookbook right now that I've been reading through on the reg is Joshua McFadden's six seasons, a new way with vegetables. It's all about cooking what's in season, harvesting from the environment. It gives, tells you everything that you'd want to know about every vegetable, what to cook, how to cook it. Like oh it's God. so interesting. Mm. Um, but yeah, I've been really big into reading cookbooks. I don't know Definitely how many the, other people do that. The first cookbook recommendation <laughs> yeah. I've gotten on the podcast. And I, I love almost it. can guarantee it will be the last. <laughs> uh, it makes sense for what you do. So. Yeah, we even had a full-time chef who did not say cookbook, <laughs> but I love it. I love it. I'm here for it. Um, okay, Tess, what did you want to be when you grew up? Um, a funny story with this one. I feel like for so long, I didn't know what I wanted to be. And I, um, are you guys familiar with the Disney movies that would come out once a month on Fridays? They mm, would air. Yes. We had Brink. We had everything. I feel like every time I watched one of those movies, I'm like, I want to be an ice skater. I want to be a doctor. Ooh, yeah. I want to be a derby car driver. Johnny Tsunami. Johnny, Johnny Tsunami. Johnny like, Tsunami oh. is why I moved to Colorado. And he lives in Denver. We're trying to get him on the podcast. Johnny, if you're listening. <laughs> Which he is. Um, but yeah, for Season. a long time, I didn't know what I wanted to do. But I always knew that I wanted to do something creative. And with the arts, just didn't know what it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nice. I'm sure we'll dive deeper into we'll that in a little bit. Uh, final rapid fire question. What is your superpower? Living in the now. Oh, I'm wow. Living in the moment, not worrying about tomorrow, not worrying about next week. Just focusing on having fun and living in the moment. Can you rub a little of that off on yeah. me? Yeah, I'm going to radiate that over to you that's guys. That's a great superpower. It really is. My, yeah. my recent new mantra for about the last week or two has been, uh, well, it's kind of more related to business, but the happier I am, the more money I make because I have been feel like I've been sacrificing a lot of business for like mm. doing the things that I love. And yeah. that was the whole yeah. point of this. And that's something I preach a lot, but... And I make an excuse for myself. Well, but I love the business and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, then it's, the struggles come with it. I'm like, you know, if you were just happier, it probably would come it's back. It's so mm-hmm. hard. And I want to dive into this, but I feel like everybody kind of associates success and happiness with money. And that's the world that we're living in. But like my dad has always told me from day one, it's money. You can make more. Like take that trip, do what you got to do. Like your business will be there focus on it but like ha- most importantly just just have fun but it's so hard not to stress about money mm. do you do you feel like you know coming from the east coast that that's different mentality out there versus here um mm. it kind of depends on where on the east coast so i spent some time in new york city and that is 100 percent. it's very money driven yeah fuck that place <laughs> that's why i left um where maddie and i grew up is a short community and it's all small businesses so that i feel like has a different mentality because it's all about working really really hard work in a short amount of time mm. but then you're you're rewarding yourself after working like 90 180 days straight with like taking a month-long trip so mm-hmm. i feel like it is a little bit different but yeah a majority if we were to like generalize the east coast yes it's fast-paced it's about money 
the what, the who you know, the where you're going, and then you get out here and you're like, wow, this is so nice. It's so relaxing. People want to know who you are, and it's it's great. Yeah, it's interesting I asked because I was talking to a friend who doesn't live here about that, and <clears throat> they were asking me if I see myself here long term, and I, I would love to travel more, but I see, like, this is my home base, and I think it's partly the environment. Like, yep. people <clears throat> want to work hard, and they want to play hard. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting here you talk about the beach town versus New York, and I think – your environment shapes so much because growing up from Florida, like you, I can definitely see both dynamics, but yeah, I think about like the beach town where my parents live and there's like these like 40 year old dudes that are like managing a surf shop and they're just like grinding away. And then it's like, there's a big swell and they're not working, yeah. you know? Yeah. And it's like, um, everything that we talk about typically on the podcast, but yeah, your environment is so huge and that's likely why we all love being out here. Oh, absolutely. That freedom. Yeah. I had a, I had a post that, kind of did really well because it was about me selling my Bitcoin <laughs> years ago when I was here, when I was, it was like the last of my savings, I sold it to invest in a course, um, for my business. But the bigger picture in my mind was that like, I had been, I, I was so afraid to do that. I was so used to like New York city and like the long game retire at 60, 65. And when I was in New York city, my whole goal was like, save more so you can retire at 50 maybe, or maybe 45, or like you invest in a great stock that blows up and yeah, you retire earlier. And it was always this like long game, so much sacrificing the now, mm -hmm. which is great because you said, you know, live in the now. Yeah. Um, and I was sacrificing so much of that because of like how I was raised and what I thought was supposed to be the plan where, where like what your dad said is so great. It's like, the money will be there. Dude, like if I was gonna stay there, I'd be an engineer for forever right. and ever. It's like, it's okay. Um, and I'd make these excuses like, oh, it's New York City. Like, it's so hard to go snowboarding. I don't have a car. Like, it's so far away. It's, how to get out of, it's hard to get out of the city. It's like, well, no. Like, you actually have money. You could rent a car and, and do it. Right. But, you got to figure it out. But in my mind, that wasn't – like, I shouldn't be doing that. I'm supposed to be saving so I can, like, get out. <laughs> yeah. It's like, let's save for later. But you're like, no. let's. But what if I'm not around later? Right. Yeah, tomorrow's it, not guaranteed. All, yeah. Tomorrow's not promised for anyone. And I feel like that's, like, the number one thing that's been driving – every thought, every decision, every business decision is that like, I don't know if there's going to be tomorrow. So I'm going to focus on right now and what I can do. And it's having fun and working really hard. And you know, later the money will come or you'll find mm. other avenues that'll come back to you. I feel like the universe rewards you, but you got to put in the work. Mm. And that's like the number one most important thing. Be dotty. I, I am be curious because I feel like we're almost <laughs> talking in circles a little <laughs> bit where it's like, you're saying put in the work now, but you're also saying like, enjoy the now. Yes. So wh where is the balance there? Um, balance is hard. I feel like everybody's idea of balance is having like, you know, <laughs> living in equilibrium, but it's like balance. I feel like in today's world is like all about the ups and the downs. So like my kind of balance now is that I work really hard four or five months out of the year. And then the rest of the year I'm still working. I'm doing other things. I'm prepping for the upcoming season, but I'm having a lot of fun for some people. Balance might look like every day has the perfect amount of balance of fun and work. My balance looks a little bit different. It's going to be a little bit different for everybody, but it, it's just trying to figure out what that balance is for you. I love that because I personally don't believe there is like equal balance. No. I think there's like seasons in your life. And I can't remember where I first learned this idea, but somebody, I don't know if it was a book or um, a speech that I heard, but there's like three buckets and you can't really have, that's like the most you can balance. So it could be like family, work, friends, mm. or it could be like work, family, fitness. 
which means something, right? So it's like, you might, if that's the case, you might not spend time with your friends right. or like whatever. And it's like, but there's always a number one priority. And even part of it is communication. So if work is number one priority, you're, you know, letting your family know like, Hey, we're trying to do these things. We're trying to get off the ground, whatever it is. I may not, you know, make it to dinner this night or like whatever. Um, but that's kind of how I live my life is it's going to shift and change. Yeah. Absolutely. And looking that in any moment, yes, having those three buckets change. Like I was just thinking back to the last six months, like my three buckets were family. It was like work, work, but work and then fun and having fun with my family while I was working. So they all kind <laughs> yeah. of three went yeah. into one another. And now I feel like now that I'm back here, like my three buckets are, are changing and now mm. it's, it's friends, it's fitness and it's, you know, create some sort of creative outlet, but it's like realizing that you don't have to always have the same buckets and the same balance. And that, that, that's the beauty of life is the, the ups and the downs and the change, change, change is great. Yeah. I think it's, yeah, it's that evolution. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we'll get into that today, but you know, really that reflection of like from my job, like going hard for maybe two months to do like a launch to get people in the program or whatever it is, uh, knowing that once people are in there, it's like, okay, cool. now I can go take the vacation or like go travel a little bit. Um, but like you said, for everyone, it's different. But I think it is important, like at least like once a quarter, are we reflecting on that? Are we doing something that is filling our cup? Because mm. if you are going hard for a whole year and the vacation is not till like next year or whatever, like that's, it's I hard. think, too long. That's yeah. Too long. And you yeah. have to reward yourself. And yeah. like a t we're talking trip. That's really big. But I feel like even just rewarding yourself with like going out, giving yourself a break. You worked all day going for a hike, getting fresh air, like finding time for rewarding yourself mm. when you put in the work is so important because that's how you get closer and closer to your type of balance. Yeah. Mm. Oh, okay. I had this really great idea. I haven't um, kind of came on a run when I unplugged, no music, but I was like, how can you like, so I was running up this hill and there were like stripes that progressively got smaller. It was kind of like Sonic the Hedgehog runs over like one of those speedy things and they go really fast. And so I was thinking about that and I was like, oh, it's kind of like gamifying my run. It was right before this hill and I was doing hill repeats. And I was like, I go over these lines and I'm like, boom, I take off like Sonic. Anyway, I was like, how can you gamify life? And I was thinking about, I love my whiteboard and I write like all my tasks throughout the week and I check it off. And to me, when I check it off, it's like a little dopamine hit to be yeah. like, cool, I've made progress. And if I get everything checked off this week, like I'm making serious progress towards my goals. And I was thinking, how can I gamify this? And I was, I was like, if I can tally every check I make, it's a point, every hundred points, I reward myself. Oh. But like that tattoo I've been thinking about, first hundred points, get the tattoo. Next hundred points, like whatever, take the day off, day off, go snowboarding, like whatever it is, yeah. reward myself. So it's like kind of gamifying my life. <laughs> anyway. I can just I see that. you adding more tasks. <laughs> Put your shoes on. Yeah. Yeah. Buy your shoes. No, they got to be, you know, <laughs> moving towards a goal. Um, okay, Tess, let's dive in. Maybe give us like the quick and dirty recap of the past year. You yeah. were, you know, corporate job. I know when we first met, you were kind of like maybe leaving. You moved back home, help your family business, entrepreneur. Yeah. <clears throat> Walk us through that, what it's like, and then I'm sure we'll have plenty of questions. Um, to preface this, if you were to have asked me in January of 2021, if I were to quit my corporate job and I'd start making soup, I probably would have <laughs> laughed, but we'll get into that. Um, so I... I uh, have been working in corporate marketing for the last six years. I started in New York City, decided I needed change. I This is going back a little bit further than a year, but kind of setting for how I got to it's Denver. Fine. Moved to Denver on a whim, had never visited. Um, have been, was with a company from 2018 till September of this year. What, what were you doing? Um, I was working in marketing for 
software, a software company, big acquisition company. There was like 53 brands that we were working with. So it was uh, awesome. I got maybe about 10 years of experience in three years, but <laughs> excuse my language, 2020 happened. I was burnt the fuck out. Yeah. Um, it was hard. You know, you were working from home, you're working from your bedroom and I, 60, 70 hour weeks. And like the more that I was just sitting there every day at my desk, staring out my window, I was like, why am I doing this? I was kind of realizing more and more that it was getting further away from what I wanted to do and what I was passionate about. And I knew, I always knew that at some point in time that I would take, take a leap of faith. I had I've come from two entrepreneurial parents. Like I knew at some point in time I was going to do it. 2020 started an LLC with my sister was still working full time. Um, but in April of April of this year, I was moving out of my apartment. It was a big week. This was the week I met Taylor. I was going through all of the emotions. I cried every day and I had no idea. I'm like, what's going on? And in the moment, I think I was talking to Taylor and I kind of already had known this deep down. I was like, what am I doing? Like, I'm so unhappy. I need to make a change. And that I'd started a business and I was trying to make all of these things work. Like, how can I make a business work while I'm working full time. And I'm like, I don't really care about marketing uh, software to home services contractors. I need to put the time and the effort in. Um, yeah. So I feel like I was just like in that moment knew that I needed to take the leap of faith and that I was losing out on staying, mm. um, losing more staying than I was if I were to like, you know, jump. Mm -hmm. So I decided to quit my job. It was a long transition. I felt liberated, excited. Um, I was going to go home, spend all summer working with my parents and my family on helping them scale their, their seafood business. And then my sister and I had started a business in 2020, direct to consumer seafood. We were going to spend all fall, which is what I've been doing, um, selling seafood direct off the boat, which is awesome through pop-up sales. And then when there wasn't any fish around because of weather, we started making chowder. I fucking love Taylor and I. <laughs> I know. Have a dream to take a bath of chowder. <laughs> Taylor says he will take a bath with me if it's a bath of clam chowder. Um, I'll do it. I'll do well, it. Well, guys, it I think I might know somebody that could make you guys <laughs> a bath of clam chowder. Well, we'll do an episode oh, in the oh bath. My God. Oh, fuck yeah, we all. We would just sit there and eat it too. Yeah. Oh my God. But ba yeah. Bath time with Matt and Taylor. Spent all fall selling seafood and making soup. And that's kind of when I realized my world has just opened up to so many new opportunities. Now that I'm not sitting at a desk in a nine to five, I feel like I can actually let myself think outside of the box now where my nine to five was keeping me constrained. And I don't even think I was realizing it at the time. Oh man. I have, I have so many questions. <laughs> there was two like pivotal moments I saw like the move to Colorado. I wonder if you can just kind of take me through that again. And then that transition to quitting corporate. So I want to dive into real quick. Sorry, like, I know I dumped a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh no, we love it. it. We love yeah. it. So this move to Colorado, can you just like, you're, you're in New York City, you're still working for this corporate job. Is yep. this before COVID? Uh, this is before COVID. So this was in, I started looking in 2017. It was kind of funny. My sister had said to me, hey, how would you feel about moving to Colorado? She was still in college. And I was like, <laughs> Like I'd move halfway across the country. Like mom and dad would never like let us do that because yeah. we're really, really close. And then and I- you're from New Jersey. Yeah, from New yeah. Jersey. And then I was like, why not? I was like, I loved being small town girl, big city dreams, moved to New York City, got a big marketing job. And then I was like, nah, I need space. It's like everything kind of goes full circle. And I had an opportunity where I got the chance. I literally was not even looking and somebody had contacted me about um, an opportunity out here, went through a week's worth of interviews 
And I just like knew deep down in my gut that that's where I was supposed to go. Everyone's like, you're crazy. You don't know anyone out there. You've never visited. You're just going to drive across the country and show up. And I'm like, yeah, you know what? That's exactly what I'm going to do. It just, it feels right down in my gut. And I did that. Wouldn't best decision I have ever possibly made. Like I said, Colorado feels, feels like, um, Colorado truly feels like home to me. And like, that was such a pivotal point in my career. And then leaving my corporate job was also like the next pivotal yeah. point in my career. Okay. Before that, I love this. Like you knew deep down, like I need to move to Colorado and then everyone shows up in your life and goes, you're crazy. You don't know anyone, all this stuff. And what they're doing is projecting their fears yep, onto absolutely. you. But, and then I feel like that's what gets us stuck. Right. And that's kind of what we talk about. And with modern happiness and like what, what I've been working with recently is like being in this corporate job because you were supposed to do it. And that's what your parents said was safe. And, but, and then you're like, I'm fucking unhappy. Like, why am I doing this? And it's like, you know what you need. I know. And it, and may, and for some people, a corporate job is fine. But deep down, if you're like, I know I hate this and I, there's like something needs to happen. I need to get out of here. And then all these people are like, don't do it. You're crazy. Oh my God. And all it's this like stuff. that resistance is almost pr- pushing you mm. out where you're like, everyone's telling you, why are you going to do that? And you're like, I'm going to fucking do it. Like I'm going to do it. And I feel like too, like I thrive off of being uncomfortable. And when I meet anytime I've met resistance in my life, whether it's been with other people or myself, I, that has pushed me exactly where I needed to be without even realizing it at the time. Stephen Pressfield, the war of the war of art. And he talks about resistance with a capital R Mm -hmm. and it's capital R because it's universal. Everyone faces resistance and when you face resistance, you know you're actually on the right path. Yep. So I love that you're leaning into that. Um, just go read the book. I'm not going to explain that. Uh, so with this transition out of corporate, uh, I kind of want to touch on the fact that your your parents are entrepreneurial. Yep. So why the hell are you in corporate anyway when your parents are entrepreneurial? <laughs> okay. like, what, did they support you in, in doing the corporate life? And what did that look like? Um, well, I have my dad who is defiant by nature. He literally said at, you know, whatever, 20 joined the Carpenters Union and said, fuck that. I'm going to go buy the oldest, com- oldest, oldest wooden commercial fishing boat on the East Coast and name it the Defiance because everyone told him that he wasn't going to be able to make it and then has spent his life building up boats. And like, he has just such an entrepreneurial spirit. My mom, on the other hand, now she's a business owner too, and she does all of the books, but she grew up from that very traditional, like you go to school, you go to college, you get a degree you go to corporate America not to say that I went to college and I went into corporate America to make my mom happy, but it was kind of like, I've got nothing to lose. I don't know what I want to do right now. Like, let me gain some experience. I don't regret it. But the more and more time I was spending in corporate America, I was like, yep, nine to five is not for me. I feel like I need to live in a place where like, I don't feel like I'm micromanaged and that I can let my creativity prosper and flourish. And I had no idea at the time, like a year or two years ago, that it was going to be you're going to build a brand. You're not mm-hmm. going to build any brand. You're going to build a couple brands. And like that to me, looking back on that has been so cool where I'm like, it makes so much sense. I mean, even my parents are two, two different political parties. So to have, you know, and two different parents that have two different views and beliefs, I feel like has definitely shaped me to where I am too in a really good way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, awesome. I'm curious because I think back to nine months ago or whenever, <clears throat> when I met you, you like, I could, I could see it unfold with the conversation. You're like, 
you know, this is what I'm doing, <laughs> but I feel like I should, I think literally, I'm, like, I'm not happy. Yeah. And you're kind of looking at me and like, I'd like said, like, I think I should do this. And you're like, I don't even, I don't even know why you're telling, like you're, it's almost like you're asking, but you already made the decision and you know it deep down in your gut that you're going to go quit your job. Yeah. Was it like, was like, yeah, you're right. I am. <laughs> yeah. It was like two or three hours. I am proper city and just, yeah. It's like you had in that moment, I saw it unfold where you're like, you, ha- you knew deep down what yeah. you needed to do, but in that moment, you had that awareness. However, <clears throat> if I think back to that moment, there was still like maybe a little self-doubt, if that's fair to say. Or like, I, I guess the biggest thing I notice is you your confidence is through the roof. Mm-hmm. Like hearing you talk, and I read this this morning, I read through your questionnaire that we sent you and I'm, I'm like, who is this? This is Tess. (laughs) Not that you weren't a confident person, but I'm like, holy shit. Like she, there's so much confidence here. Everything that I'm reading is like, she knows what she's doing. She's in alignment. And so I'm curious, I have my own hypothesis, but like what's changed? Like you, you took the step, you did the things you've been doing the things. Is it fair to say that you now have more confidence uh-huh. around your life and what you're doing? Absolutely, 100%. Okay. And I think it's because I am a lot, now all of a sudden what I am doing and is aligned with what I'm passionate about, which is really important for me. But I feel like the pivotal moment for me was really realizing that there was never going to be a perfect moment. I, you know, everybody, I feel like mm. I've, ta- I've talked about this with a lot of people where it, like for me, it was like, I could hold on to a couple more paychecks. I could hold on to some, some stability, some health insurance, all that fun stuff. And then I was like, there's literally, there's never going to be a perfect time to do anything. There's never going to be a perfect time to have a hard conversation. There's never going to be a perfect time to quit your corporate job. And then it was like, what am I waiting for? Because every founder, business owner, everyone that I talked to always said that they wish they started sooner. Mm. You know, everyone regrets starting later. So I was like, I knew that I needed in that moment. I saw the, I'm like, I'm going to turn this brand to the next meat eater, the next Bon Appetit. Like I knew in my head where I wanted to take my businesses and we got a long way to go. We're just getting started. I just knew that I'm like, I needed to start now and I needed full-time attention and focus. And I wasn't going to be able to do that (laughs) working a corporate job and then trying to do a business on the side. wasn't just going to work. Yeah. That's, that's what I imagine. There's a quote that I love that says mood follows action Yep. and you just did it. And then once you were in it, you kind of figure it out. And it's like, here you are now. And you're like, you know, nothing bad happened. And I, I hear that so much. I know Matt does. People are waiting to be ready. Well, it's like readiness is not a feeling. It's a choice. Yep. And you just got to make that choice. Yeah. I, I, I love, as Taylor was kind of saying that, and I was reading last night and I didn't have that meeting with you before uh, we chatted a little bit. Um, but reading that, I was like, fuck, this was, it was fucking 1130 at night. And I was like kind of rolling in bed and I was like, oh, let me read the, uh, because I saw Maddie's email come there. I'm like, let me read the questionnaire. And I'm reading it. I'm like fucking fired <laughs> up. I was like feeling the energy reading this thing. And Taylor, or you said it as Taylor was talking, um, I'm a completely different person now. And that's the beauty of business. This is why I'm such a supporter of like, listen, there's nothing wrong with the corporate job, but all this like fear and doubt and this stuff that like comes up for you, it is drastically accelerated by going on your own and, and pursuing your passion and going like growing your business and you join your family's business and all that stuff. Like, like Taylor said, or whatever it was, just like this scared or nervous or like, when am I going to be ready? And it's like, just fucking do it and realize that you're okay. Because I feel like in the corporate job, not that you're not challenged, but there's some safety and it's like, Hey, we got a new client. All right, here are your tasks here. You know what to do. And yeah, you're probably being innovative and thinking of how to grow, but it's like, 
it's kind of like you're given stuff and you have a boss, you have a whole team that will support you. Uh, when you go on your own, you don't have that stuff. Right. And you have a lot more responsibility and that's fucking scary. But in those moments when you're so scared and like, oh my God, is this even going to work? And all that stuff is like when you truly find who you are and what you're capable of. And it's such a beautiful thing. No, absolutely. And I, there's something that I definitely want to add to this conversation. A part of me too is realizing that like, I don't know, everybody has this idea that if you know that you want to take a leap and start your own business, that like, yes, things have to be perfect. And then you're like, no, nothing has to be perfect. And then you look up to business owners or small business owners that everybody feels like they have everything put together. And you're like, I'm not going to take that leap of faith until I feel like I have it put together. And it's like realizing like the perfectionist in me, realizing that nothing is ever going to be perfect. And like the biggest thing that I realized, especially this fall is like, you just got to figure it out. No one knows what they're doing, Mm. whether it's from business, personal, everyone's just kind of figuring it out. And you just kind of have to like, throw things up on the wall and see, see if it sticks. But that was the thing too. It was just like, I'm, I don't have this perfect idea. I don't have this perfect product. I don't have this, like, I don't have my shit all together. And you're like, but I don't have to. And I'm only going to sacrifice more if I keep everything, like, if I keep everything like in and I don't execute, I'm going to lose more than if I'm already executing and learning as I go. Yeah. That's the funny thing about like the world evolves. Like, let's just take social media, like MySpace. And Facebook started blowing up. And now people say Facebook ads are too expensive. And, uh, you know, TikTok comes out and Instagram doing reels. Like, now we got to do reels. It's like, shit is always changing. You're sitting here going, I'm going to figure it out and make it perfect before I start. And then by the time you get it perfect, shit has already changed. Yes. And now yes. you got to refigure that shit out. Whereas if you're just going in and doing it, you learn faster. You're much, able, you're much more able to adapt with the thing. So, like, you know, when I started Instagram for my business, it's like writing good copy, taking beautiful photos. Now that's not as engaging as much. So now I have to start doing more reels and yep. stuff and I make carousels. That shit is much easier now because of the copywriting I was doing, yeah. you know, a year and a half ago. So that's just one example. But it's like, yeah, you need to start because, I mean, the perfection is it's it's never going to be perfect. And yeah, no one knows what the fuck they're doing. No, no. You just have to put one foot in front of the other. I feel like a, a core like a main reason why I was so hesitant to go all in, even though I already had my name on an LLC was I like knew that I wanted, like I knew where point like C or D or E was. And I'm like, this is where I want to be. But I like could for like, at the time I like, couldn't like dumb it down and just be like, you don't have to get all the way there. Mm -hmm. You just have to take one step forward, whether it's like file for legal zoom like create your Instagram account, like sign up for the domain, like create your first product, just like little baby steps. And it all evolves. And it's so exciting to see. And then once you realize that it doesn't have to, you don't have to have it all together all at once. It's just a whole nother world. Yeah. This is, uh, Tara and I talk a lot about scheduling. I know it's powerful for his clients and same for mine where I always give the web, the idea of like, I have to build a website and that's the goal by Friday, the website's built or whatever, or I'm going to make a hundred thousand dollars that goal is so far away. There's so many things that need to happen before you do that. Yep. And if we stick with the website example, it's like, okay, no, first you need to like register a domain and then pick your host, Squarespace, GoDaddy, Google, like whatever. Uh, and then you need to write the copy and which is like the about me page, the, the cover page. And then you also need the creative, which is the photos or maybe the videos and all this, like all these things need to happen. And if you don't have photos, oh, I got to hire a photographer. So it's like, these are the steps yeah. like Monday, Let's spend 30 minutes, register the domain name. Like that's step one. And that's why I like my whiteboard thing where it's like, I check that off. I know I'm making steps where instead it's like, build this website. It's like, where do I even fucking start? Like, oh my God, 
it's so overwhelming, but it's like, let's just take that first one step. And uh, yeah, I, I just love that you said that because it's like... One step makes a world of a difference. Yeah, mm-hmm. so good. Okay, I want to hear more <clears throat> about the family business. Okay. Um, and I'd love to hear, right, it's not just seafood. I know when we first met, you told me kind of like the story and, I, and it got me excited. And it's like, um, also you, you talk a lot about <clears throat> defining your story within building a brand. And I think you know, to preface this, what could be cool for people listening is the reason you should pursue what you want is like, you're unique in some way and you have your own story. And like at face value, you might be like, Oh, it's another, you know, you mentioned a bunch of brands that like you want to become or that are similar in the space, but like you have a very specific story that makes you guys different. So tell us about, you know, hooked up. What is it? What makes you guys different? That sort of thing. Yeah. I feel like, I get, I get the chills just thinking about the whole family story aspect because I feel like for so long I was looking for something else outside of the story when the entire time it was like staring me front in the face and I was like, I'm not going to go do anything with seafood. I'm not going to go do anything with a restaurant. And then I'm like, nope, that's exactly what I need to do. Um, so um, I can't forget if I mentioned, but my dad's a commercial fisherman. He has been for the last 35 years he's pretty much a local legend in um (laughs) probably across the entire east coast yes he has two commercial boats one um is a giant boat that catches squid and then the other is a commercial long lining boat which has been like the main focus of our story for hooked up marketplace that catches tuna swordfish mahi tilefish you name it um my dad for a long time had realized i mean i grew up around the water i grew up around seafood i grew up around boats it's kind of like (laughs) it's who i am like deep down in my core my dad for the longest time like we grew up in the second busiest uh seafood fishing port on the east coast and believe it or not it's actually really hard to find fresh seafood everything gets shipped out Mm. restaurants like to cut corners like things necessarily aren't the freshest all the time and like every time we would go out to eat it was just kind of depressing (laughs) and there's nothing worse than like going and spending the money and not being happy with the experience especially when you want to invest in really awesome things so he had this crazy idea that he was going to come home one day he told my mom we're going to buy a food trailer we're going to start a seafood takeout business she probably laughed in his face and thought he was kidding which fires him up even more oh, yeah. 12, 12 years later I this was our 12th season and like the last summer was so incredibly special because all of my siblings went back to help my parents with this because we've been all trying to figure out like where do we want to take it what do we what do we want to do I cannot even put into words how special what they have built and how they what they built is to me because they have curated the most amazing community of people that come because of the story. Mm. They come because they know where their seafood's coming from. They come because when they show up, they have my, you know, a family friend take the order. I'm cooking their clams. Sarah's cooking their seafood. Like it is a hundred percent truly a family run and operated business. And that is so special. And that you're literally like dining on picnic tables right behind my dad's commercial boat and you can see him take the fish off the boat fillet it at the fillet table behind your table take it into the kitchen we just like I started to realize more and more like that is such an amazing experience how can we take that and build on it so what I've realized more and more the marketer in me is like all right storytelling how can we conquer this story how can we create the value propositions but like deep down the creative visionary in me is like visually how can I get people 
invested, make them feel like they're a part of the experience, take them offshore on these fishing trips, like show them where their seafood is coming from. And that's kind of where hooked up marketplace has gotten to be like, who's the family behind it? Who are all these people behind the brand? Um, how are we different? Like, where does your food come from? Like, what are we doing in our own kitchen that you might want to do in yours? It's mm. yeah. Boom. Sorry, I have chills. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is so fun. Uh, have, you, have you read the book Obsessed by Emily Hayward? Um, no, but uh, I might need to add that to my list. Uh, make it the top of your list. This is like, you would fucking love this as, as far as your background and, and kind of the marketing aspect. Um, it's one of my favorite books. And uh, a lot of it, like, oh, I know this. But the way she says it, it's like, fuck yeah. And Anyway, um, put that on the list. So I'm curious. It's on the list. What is <laughs> – she literally just did it right now. Um, <laughs> where's the business at, like, right now? And, like, what does the future look like? And yeah. especially from your perspective, like, telling the story. Oh, actually, should we say that? What's, what is the story? Can you give us that deeper she story? Just did the, she gave the story. No, but I, didn't you say something about uh, the, the, the boat Defiant? I remember yeah. you telling me this and, like, fixing it up. And, like, there's this Yeah. So, background. like, I feel like that's kind of where the core of, like, the entire – family seafood history kind of started was that my dad walked off from like he thought he was going to go be in a, a, a apprentice carpenter do his apprenticeship and like almost almost close to finishing he was like fuck this like um this is not this is not what I was meant to do um went and spent some time in Alaska and on the coast of Oregon fishing and was just like everyone's like you you're not going to make any money like why are you going to do that then literally goes and buys the oldest wooden it wasn't even a fishing boat. It was a sailboat at the time. It was actually built a couple miles from my house, which is so cool. It was built to um, guard the oyster grounds. And he's like, mm. I don't know what I'm doing. I've never been longlining before, but we're going to figure it out. Buys the boat, calls it the Defiance. And like that, I feel like has been the, where the story began. And it's only kind of continuing. He has a new boat that replaced the other boat, still the Defiance. But that's kind of like <laughs> where we're telling the primary story of like, taking people off store and showing, showing them like the tuna coming on board, the swordfish coming on board, like the search for fish, like commercial fishing is wild. It yeah. is not an easy thing. It is not an easy livelihood. It's very hard to make money. My dad's been really fortunate because he's had a lot of different opportunities, but showing people how hard it is to produce one tuna steak that gets to your plate. Like the story's always been about like meat to table, farm to table, but like not that very many people know, especially considering the amount of the amount of land that's in between both coasts, like how, what it takes to get that food to your plate. Mm. Is there like an, I, I almost picture like you go to a brewery, they take you through the whole thing and, mm -hmm. and the wheat and the grain and the hops and, uh, and then you get to taste it at the end. Is there like, a, it sounds like, is there an interactive experience like that? It's yeah. always an interactive experience. Yeah, it's experience. absolutely always. It's an just always happening around you when you're sitting there mm. and like, you're just like, Oh my God, look at him. Yeah. He's doing Comes he's down, bringing it tuna yeah. from the fish hole, like goes to the fillet table. And like, I, it's always funny to us when we watch everybody ooh and ah, cause yeah. it's so normal. We're like, yeah, it's just like another day at Hooked Up Seafood. And then like, this is like somebody, this is the highlight of their vacation. Like that to me is so cool. But for me, I'm like, I've been blind to it. Like yeah. it's, I grew up with it. And then you're like, oh my God, like people do really they 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 love this they love the family aspect they love to know where their food comes from people just really love experiences yeah mm -hmm. so that's where right now we have a long way to go i feel like i'm backing into one of the questions that we kind of started with and we <laughs> yeah. went in a big circle um we have a really long way to go we are kind of at a, a deciding point what do we want to do with hooked up seafood it's i mean <laughs> 
we got amazing reviews from some of the top Philadelphia food critics for like literally being a food trailer. But I think that there's some opportunities for us to scale that. Like we would love to grow a presence and take it to Philadelphia and Pennsylvania and like make the most out of that business. And then similarly with Hooked Up Marketplace, like two years in, we've barely scratched the surface on what we can do. Um, as far as just doing some pop-up sales, we want to show more face, add more product. Like, so will you explain like hooked up seafood is the food trailer and then hooked up marketplace is a whole new brand. So, but that's your baby. Yes. Hooked up seafood is my parents' baby food trailer, seafood takeout restaurant. My sister and I are actually working on kind of taking that over and managing that hooked up marketplace. We wanted a way for, Um, basically when hooked up seafood closes, it only operates about a week before Memorial day to a week after labor day that there really wasn't anywhere after the summer season ends. It's kind of like a cliff drops off. Like there's not as many tourists around. We wanted to be able to provide to our local community that fresh seafood that people were getting all year long, but give a chance to deliver it to people fresh off the boat. But we let them know when the boat's out, they pre-order their fish. They come in, it's fully to order. They pick it up, they take it home. We give them recipe cards to cook it at home. So it's kind of a, a play off of hooked up seafood, but a fun play where people can go take it at home. Do it themselves. Cure, yep, do it themselves, you, curate their own. You guys fish year round? Not year round, okay. but like seven, eight months out of the year. Okay. Yeah. That's awesome. Would you, I'm just thinking of like what Maddie does. Would you guys like do that teach people how to cook and yes. cook their seafood and clean it and like do a whole experience like that oh yeah there's so many things that we yeah wanted. all the ideas oh yeah, yeah. all the yeah, ideas yeah. and dabble in about having like um some sort of a an experience where you can come we would partner with a local brewery and you would actually see us like take apart and fillet the whole fish and then like you get to pick your steak and then we cook it for you and then you're part of the cooking experience um so yeah there's a lot of things that i feel like we're diving into that i I get so giddy talking about because like the sky is the fucking limit. And like, once you realize that for whatever idea or business it is, when it's just like, don't think that you hit the roof, you didn't hit the roof. You just got to look to the stars, like keep going. Yeah. Mm. That's awesome. So you said you're here in Denver for the next six months or so. What is, what's kind of your next big focus? Um, so my next big focus is working on a winter seasonal business here. Oh, Heard it here first, folks. <laughs> I can't go into too much detail. Oh, but give us a little teaser for the audience. With chowder. Chowder. Oh, chowder. Oh my wow. God. I mean, if Preferably listen, hold on, hold on. Preferably at a ski resort. I peed a little. <laughs> I'm freaking out. Uh, I mean, I don't know about a better visual storytelling experience than Matt and I in a bathtub of chowder. <laughs> Maybe at the Guys, bottom of I'm a... I'm going to hire you for my first uh, advertising market. Oh, we could get a tub outside the bottom of a so ski good. resort. Yeah. So good you can bathe in it. Yeah, I mean, here's yeah. the whole video. So good we you ra- can bathe in it. Wow. So good you can <laughs> bathe in it. Wow. Wow. I love it. I'm not sure the, tri- the carryover. I can but... see Taylor looking shatter off my nipples right now. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's I can awesome. just see it now. We're... we're Heading up a ski lift, we ride down the mountain yeah. after a long day just to dive into a nice warm bath of chowder. Oh, yeah. To oh warm God. up oh, and refuel. Um, it's perfect. Exactly. And I feel like the biggest thing is bringing, this, bringing something that so many people know and love, whether it's on the East Coast or the West Coast, that they make that a part of their summer vacation or wherever that they were going to spend time in the summer. Like finding a way to deliver that comfort food to them when they're on vacation in Colorado and like bringing them back to their roots. 
I've got a lot of <laughs> recipe testing and learning and figuring out how to make soup at scale, but we're working it's on it. It's a good thing cookbooks are your favorite books. <laughs> I know. So, <laughs> I think it'll be fine. Um, I might need to find some industrial engineer friends to kind of help me. Um, there's, yeah, the, the, the equipment that we need is a whole other rabbit Okay, hole, if you're out there listening and you're an industrial engineer, yeah, calling you know, all you know who to friends. talk to. Also, shout out Cole Griffin, because I know you already sent me an entire model I need to look at. Oh, wow. <laughs> so hard in the works. He's like, hey, what are you doing? I think you need this. Here you go. I'm like, oh, my God. How do you have time to do that? I, I, I love that you, this has been brought up, because I was kind of thinking, I'm like, why the hell would you leave? I mean, I get coming to Colorado. I love Colorado. But I'm like, how could you leave this seafood all the time? Know, and like this, being with your family and that whole experience. But to, obviously, like you said, Colorado is really feels like home and alignment with you. Um, and then to bring something here, uh, is super exciting. Yes. Okay. With all these like ideas, how do you manage like bringing them to action, bringing them to action? Yeah. Like, Oh, we're doing this. We're not doing that. Um, yeah, it's definitely challenging, especially when you're first starting out. Cause like knowing that the, again, going back to like, what's the first step and knowing that the sky is the limit, it just goes down to like, all right, I'm going to make a list of the top 10 ideas or avenues or channels that we can go down meet as a team. So it's not just me and my sister. We have my two brothers also are on our LLC and have been helping. And then my cousin who works in supply chain, um, from a hooked up marketplace perspective has been a huge force in getting us to be where we need to be. But it's like as simple as like, um, meeting weekly, putting down all of the ideas, what makes the most sense at the time with the resources that we have, like, or, you know, like minimal effort, high impact, like what are those little things that we can do that'll drive impact and that makes sense. If it doesn't work, great. Next one on the list. Mm -hmm. And then you're constantly kind of reprioritizing those ideas based off what works, what doesn't work. Maybe the timing isn't right, but it's definitely a challenge. And I feel like there's an evolution of trying to figure out what's right. And it keeps shifting the more you move forward. Mm -hmm. How long when you try a new thing, how long will you execute that for? Is it three months or do you know right away, this isn't making money. We have to stop or like, oh, we know it's new. It needs some time to grow. Definitely depends on what it is. Mm -hmm. I would say going back to this fall and spending through, maybe it was only two months, like making soup and selling food. We used the entire season to kind of test what we were doing. Is it working? Do we have a product? Like three sales, like (laughs) soup. We had no idea people were going to love soup. Big soup people love soup. Sold out the first sale in 24 hours. And we were like, oh shit. That's a good sign. Oh, what did we just do? Um, But trying to let it, you want to let the idea ride out long enough for you to get any feedback for you to sit with it, for you to say, is this working? But also like sometimes there's those ideas where you're just like, you know, right off the, Mm. right out of the gate that it's probably not going to work and you got to ditch it. Yeah. I think that's an important distinction for, you know, if anyone listening like wants to go pursue their own thing and like this is the stuff I work with, like if you get on social media, you put up your first post and you're like, oh my God, only five people liked it. And then you stop. It's you like, can't give up. See, like that's yeah. one of those things like you can't give up. Like social media is so hard because I feel like in today's society, everybody wants that mm-hmm. instant gratification or that instant like feel good of like, yes, this is growing. This is viral. People are seeing it. But what I have appreciated so much more, especially on, I did a lot of the branding for hooked up seafood and now kind of literally building hooked up marketplace from the bottom up, seeing it evolve over time. Like you don't know who's watching. You don't know who's looking like even just me reposting it to my own stories, seeing followers one by one come Mm -hmm. over. I'm like, Oh, people are interested in what I'm doing. You just have to like keep doing what you're doing. And sometimes like 
no, you're not going to get the results that you want right away. It needs to take some time. And after six months, like I'm not getting any Instagram likes. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get down to the root yeah. of that. Like, yeah, right. But it does, it, it depends. Right. Yeah. I, yeah. I love that. And it's like people in the shadows, there are always people in the shadows watching mm-hmm. and it's so important. You don't realize that. And when you just start out, yeah, you have no credibility. Like, sorry, like you might be the best, you have the best seafood ever, but no one fucking knows about you. Yeah. You so, gotta, like, you gotta build, you gotta build it up. Yeah. Build that credibility. And that just comes with that consistency, consistency and showing up day in and day out. And, and then I also like you said, like sometimes you just know, like if it doesn't feel good, it's not gonna, it's, yeah. yeah, it's probably not a good idea, but there's a difference where like, Oh, I didn't get any likes that doesn't feel good. But like this idea that I have, like, I, I know people need this. Like that's what you should be following and like stick with that. I will say though, the number one thing that I, this is both personal and this is like work, especially with small business related. You guys definitely know this consistency is key as much as you want to give up or say, I'll do it tomorrow. Just like keep showing up every day, whether it's showing face on Instagram stories, whether it's continuing to post every day on social media for us, it was like creating a two week sales cycle. There's a lot of like factors that go into that, but like you, the more you show up, you will slowly gain the traction that you need and the momentum over time, but you just can't give up right away. You got to show up. You got to be consistent. That's like the number one piece of advice that I feel like I would give to anybody. Yeah. I, I have my pivot, right? Going from personal trainers to now I'm helping the person escape corporate. And I was kind of teasing it like this fall. And I was like, Hey, if anyone's like, hates their job and you know, wants to pursue their passion, hit me up. Like one little Instagram story. Not, I didn't even put my face to it. I just like wrote it in text. And like no one responds. And I'm like, oh God, is this a good idea? And I'm like, dude, you've been the personal trainer guy. You just put one little piece of text. Yeah. Like no put one knows another, you for this right now. Yeah. But yeah. Keep putting yourself out exactly. there. You never know who's going to be watching. And it just takes yeah. one person to be like, oh, wait, one turns into one client. One client tells another client. Mm-hmm. And then it's like a nice little domino effect. Yeah. Yeah. Love it all. Oh. Can I ask one while we're on the social media and then Taylor, I'll pass over to you. <laughs> Taylor, I feel like, I is like he's got 50 Just questions. Big projector ready. vibes over here. <laughs> Just waiting. Follow my opportunity. Follow before I give it back, give it to Taylor. Um, what is, what is your guys' uh, main platform that you use to like grow? Use all of them? Um, so fun fact for hooked up seafood. We've literally never marketed a day in our lives. My dad will always say, we don't need any more customers than we already have. That's a great problem to have. <laughs> on Hooked Up Marketplace, on the other fan, a lot of people also find this very interesting. We've only posted all of our sales on social media, and the response we got was phenomenal. We haven't looked to any outside channels. Like, social media is primarily is there, where it's at. Is Facebook, Instagram, all of it? Facebook and Instagram, mostly Instagram. Um, we didn't even, we were going to start a full subscriber list, text email and we're like we actually just don't have the bandwidth to do it this fall and we didn't probably need any more than what we had just Mm -hmm. coming in through social media which is awesome but I mean I will say for anyone out there you just have to figure out what your channel is spend some time invest in it and once you feel like you're in a good place with that channel continue to add in to add to it but you don't have to do everything all at once yeah it's exhausting and that's what I say I'm like do what you love if you're always on Instagram do Instagram if you yeah. love TikTok, um, then do TikTok. Or like, if you're like, I cannot show up on video. Part of me is like, well, challenge yourself. Obviously, the yeah. first one's gonna suck. Like, I'm you need to practice people. it. I'm working mm. on it. Yeah, but if you're like, like for me, I don't watch YouTube. I don't watch YouTube videos. I don't really like it. 
like occasionally if I need a how-to video, but I just, I don't hang out there. So you got to figure out too, where your audience is. Like, where's your ideal buyer, your ideal client, like your ideal customer, where are they spending their time? I used to say that. And I kind of changed my tune on that because there are millions on some platforms, billions of people everywhere. It's true. And if you do what feels good to you and you can show up and it's easy and it's fun, the your people, audience people will find you. you. Yeah. yeah. Because like, I agree yeah, I that. could spend, I could completely switch and go to YouTube and I'll find people who want mm-hmm. what I offer. Mm-hmm. But YouTube for me would just be too exhausting. Yeah. I, I definitely feel that. Yeah. But isn't <clears throat> that kind of the opposite of what you just said? You're not on YouTube. So if someone only is on YouTube, you're not going to find them. Yeah. Yeah, probably. But that's fine. There's billions and millions of people. So yeah. there's plenty of people on Instagram that I can help. <clears throat> and for me to either quit Instagram and only do YouTube or try and do both, it's just too exhausting. And like my video background, I'm going to be like, nope, this isn't right. Got to get the lighting right. Got to have the whole YouTuber set up where I look good. And there's accent lights behind me and all this stuff. Like it would just exhaust me and I wouldn't get anything done. Perfectionist would start to set in. So I'm okay. Like, yeah, if I have some clients on YouTube, say this corporate person who uh, want or yeah wants to leave corporate um, and that's where they hang out like I'm okay losing that person if they're not on Instagram they probably are um, I'd rather just put all my efforts in the Instagram and do that really well because that's what I enjoy and that's what I'm best at yeah I think your your dad makes a good point too of like <clears throat> understanding what you can manage yeah I think so many people are like I got to go from zero to a hundred mm. where it's like maybe right now because this is new you can only do five people yeah. It's like, let's do that really well. Cause if you try to do too much, that's when you might crash and burn, you know, and, and have trouble. Um, yeah, I'm so fortunate that I was able to watch for the last 12 years. Like my parents have run, own, operate, manage, um, hooked up seafood. I will say though, something that I feel like is so special is that my dad from day one, the main reason that he started hooked up seafood was that he wanted to give his kids a chance to learn business. Mm. He wanted to involve us in all the business decisions, like give us responsibilities, have us manage people. How do we, Oh, we have a customer complaint test. You're going to deal with that one today. (laughs) Um, at the time you're like, dad, why are you doing this to me? But I am so, so, so fortunate to have that because I was able to see the ins and the outs of business and now take that and build something that is truly my own. Take learnings like from past environments and experiences. But now I'm like, okay, yes, <laughs> Bill Bright was right. Like, let's not, I'm just going to throw, like, what is it? Let's not put the cart before the horse, but I don't even think that that is. Yeah, I love Taylor that. used to say it. to me, oh, he's like, my dad used to say, don't put the cart before the horse. I'm like, I've never heard that. <laughs> oh, it's a thing. It's a I'm great I'm really good at making those up, it. but um, <clears throat> yeah, that you just got to like, t- don't, don't take on more that you can handle and focus on what you do really well. And yeah. then when you're ready to grow, like keep growing, take that next step. But it takes good Good things take time. Okay. So it sounds like all of this has been positive. Like, oh yeah. A hundred percent positive. I, I imagine it's hard to believe. I only you... cried one time this fall. I'm just kidding. Okay. <laughs> well, so that's what I want to go into. This oh, is it's... all great. And like a year ago, it's hard to believe where you were, but what's been the hardest part? Like what's been the biggest obstacle? You and know the story. How I do you manage hear. this? Oh, you know how we burn our entire first batch of soup? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, guys, I will say with um, <laughs> trying new things, Failure is your friend. Mm-hmm. Um, so we we had a lot to learn making soup. Like we had made chowder at Hooked Up Seafood, but we stopped doing it the last couple of years because it was too hard. We didn't have the, we just didn't have the um, people power to do it or the space to do it at the scale that we needed to. So Sarah and I this fall, were like, we're going to start making soup again. Like she had made it a little bit. 
<laughs> I was totally new to the chowder world. We're making like 40 gallons at a time. The first couple batches that we made were great. Like we did one test batch just to give out. People loved it. We're like, all right, this is good. Like our first two batches, like we're in a total scratch and we have zero culinary experience and we don't know what we're doing, but we're trying. And then, um, first soup sale where we didn't have fish to sell. We didn't have fish to sell because of the weather. So we're like, we're just going to do a chowder sale. We're going to make one batch of seafood chowder, one batch of crab and corn chowder. What could possibly go wrong? Mm, I'm fucking drooling right now. <laughs> I know. First batch, first day. And we made it. Everything's going great. Like we were kind of struggling a little bit when we were mixing in the flour, not to burn the bottom of the pot, but it was like the first batch that we were making at scale. And we like tasted it at the end and we're like, I think this tastes good. I don't know. And then we take it home and we have our three hardest critics sitting at the counter in my kitchen. We have my dad, my mom, and my brother. We're giving them, we're like, you know, we just, we put our whole like labor love into this soup. (laughs) One by one, you just see like (laughs) these excited smiles turn into like, what did you just do? But without words. And Sarah and I are sitting on the kitchen floor, like, uh, my dad, like the first time he tasted the first batch when it was just a test batch, like chased us from the boat into the kitchen to keep eating it. Like he was drinking it. This, he didn't even like want to take a second <laughs> spoonful of. Wow. And we're sitting there and I'm like, I wasn't angry. I wasn't mad. I was just like, shit, we really need to figure this out. We sold it out. We burnt the first batch at the time. I didn't know that we burnt the first batch, but what ended up happening was the reason why we couldn't taste it when we were like recording it out to bring it home was that we burnt the bottom of the pot when mm. you're like mixing in your flour mixture we burnt the bottom of the pot really early and then as we were like stirring it towards the mm. end the burnt flavor comes throughout the rest of the soup and then all of a sudden it was just like sam was like this tastes like just processed Campbell's soup and we're like what how dare no! you <laughs> shit yeah. like what did we do but sarah and i like i love her to death i love my sister she's been awesome to work with we looked at each other and like she was a little like you could tell like upset and i was like i don't care we need to figure out what we did wrong called every chef friend in our like on our phones like we're gonna figure it out we showed up the next day we made two more batches the next day. <laughs> we were there for like 20 hours just making soup. I was covered in flour, flour. I smelled like chowder. Had to then go and like make another batch. And like, it was so rewarding when we were giving out the soup and like just the texts were coming in. Like, mm. best chowder I've ever had. You guys are killing it. Like, and like, which was so rewarding when like two or three days earlier, we're like, we just sold out a chowder sale and burned our first batch of soup. Like, what the? F- like, how, what are we doing? How big is a batch? So we were doing. Is it like gallons? It's a bunch of it, gallons. Um, we well quarts. We quarts equivalent to gallons. I think we were doing like ten gallon batches. Damn. So like, wow, yeah. I know, I know. It was That's big. A, it was big. So yeah, a nice a little. Uh, they threw a lot of money out the window with that one, but it was. I am so thankful we had. A learning opportunity. We know we know that we have to stir the shit out of the pot. We have to pay attention. Like there's so many things that were pivotal in that moment where like what felt like failure was like the biggest learning opportunity I could have ever asked for. Because if I didn't, if I got that later, like a couple of years from now, I probably would have cried because I was making, I'd be making like a hundred gallons at a time and potentially serving like half of Colorado. So I'm like, all right, if there's anything like I needed to learn that in that moment. 
I, here I am trying to ask about the hardest part, and all I'm hearing is positive. I know. <laughs> is there? I'm, I'm a half. I'm a half, half glass. Cu- yes, full. half glass, half glass full, full kind of person. Uh, <laughs> There's always something to learn. Okay, glass half full. I, I got. I got one for you. There's a quote. Got there. Um, I'm not worried whether the glass is half full or half empty. I'm worried about how to fill it. I feel like that's who you are. <sighs> yes, that's that is absolutely um, my. Oh my God. So yeah, let me ask you this: Is is there anything like we asked you what keeps you up at night? But like. Is there anything that worries you? Is there anything that you're afraid of, like that you fear? It, it seems like you're happy. And if the answer is no, how did you get here? Were you always like this? Positive, growth-minded? I would say for the most part, I've always been extremely positive and growth-minded and like very focused on bettering myself. In my high school, I was a big introvert. I probably wasn't really confident in who I was. In college, I was getting there. And then I don't know what it is about the last couple of years. It's probably like me realizing what I was meant to do and meeting it with action that I have just been, I don't know, more of a positive person than ever, because I feel like for the first time I'm truly aware of my potential and that I'm like, I know deep down inside I was meant to do great things. If you were to ask me that like six or seven or eight years ago, I probably would have been like, yeah, whatever. You'll like go get Mm. some corporate account job and it'll be fine. And now I'm like, no, like my brain already knows what that, what I need to do. But I mean, like at the end of the day, like I started this business, we're just getting started. Like what keeps me up at night is like, how do I make this thing better? How Mm -hmm. do I make this thing the best thing that it can possibly be? How do I make my customers happy? Like life is so exciting, but now to me, I'm just like, how do I keep growing this thing and make another thing and see that grow? Like that's honestly constantly what I'm thinking about. What advice would you give people who are maybe where you were at six to eight years ago? Like, it sounds like you're fully confident in who you are and what you're supposed to do, like your purpose on this life. And that's changed. Um, So yeah, what advice would you give people if they're not sure or to feel that? Create your own opportunities. Don't wait for them. I feel like so many people wait for that perfect moment, that perfect job, that perfect person to like walk into their life. But the only thing that you're doing when you're waiting Mm. is you're you're hurting your own potential. Mm. You're when you wait, you're manifesting more waiting. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Yes. I, I keep saying this, which uh, this is from Sergio, who we're going to have on the podcast next week. I've been saying it for like three weeks because we sent him a questionnaire. But it's I love that quote. Life doesn't happen to us. It happens for us. Mm. But then he said even more so it happens from us mm. and that we're in control and we can make those choices. We can make those decisions. So I love that. Do the things. Do all the things. Take full advantage of what life has to offer. I feel like that's like the number one thing that I would tell myself six to eight years ago. Like whatever you think you're supposed to do might not be what you're going to do. And like, that's okay. Like chase your passion, try new things, try a new hobby. Guess who got her hunting license and went big, big game hunting like last year, like things that you never think that you're going to do, like make them happy. Why not? Meet chowder. Burn chowder. <laughs> Bring chowder to Colorado. Like, I don't know. Put, yeah, well, I, put two dudes in a bathtub filled with my well, chowder. Oh my like, God. Have I'll, them bathe in it for your next advertising <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think, oh God, if we get this, like the old school bathtub with like the legs. Yeah, that's, that's what, what I'm saying. I'm literally yeah. envisioning that. Yeah, oh my God. Yes. But I was also, also kind of picturing it in like the ice bath job. I, th- I thought oh. that too. Yeah, I thought that too. Oh my God. Yeah. Just give me a ladle and chowder. But, yeah, it's um, oh my god, I I actually just wanted to go back for a second, because uh, talking about your dad and and making, um, him making you like take the customer complaint or whatever, um, your dad has been 
a mentor and a coach for you for basically your whole life. How important do you think it is to have someone like that? And if someone doesn't have that, like to go out and find one, to hire one. It is the probably most important and best thing that you'll do for yourself. Like I'm very fortunate that I'm extremely close with my dad and my family. And I understand that not everybody has that in your life, but like you can, you can go out and you can find a mentor and you can make your friends, your family, like always like there's two different pieces. Like for me, I never want to be the smartest person in the room because I always want something, someone to learn from. So find, go out in your community and your circle and your friends strike up conversations with strangers and always find people that you can learn from that share a similar mindset, but also like bring something totally different from to the table that like change the way that you think that I also feel like is so incredibly important. Yeah. I love that. Uh, also, what is it like to work with your family? Cause it all sounds super fun and you're doing like chowder taste tests at the kitchen table or whatever, but uh, I'm sure there's hard moments. So what's it like? Um, it's definitely challenging. And I feel like the biggest thing about working with your family is all of the emotions that are mm. involved. The tensions can get high. And like, I mean, I was working my full-time corporate job was working at hooked up seafood this summer on the weekends and on weeknights and like, and then like everybody, we didn't have, we couldn't hide, we couldn't find help. Who was in the kitchen cooking every night? Sarah, Sam, and Will, my two brothers and my sister. Like tensions were at an all time high between like, you didn't cook that long enough or what are you doing? We didn't fire that ticket yet. And you're like, calm down. Mm. It's fine. It's fine. But I will say the number one thing, and this kind of goes back to like how my family is at their core is like, we all just like to have fun. Yeah. You make the most of it. We have a good time. Like if you can look and see, you know, and the positive outlook of anything, but just like when you turn it into like, we're here, we're going to have fun. We're going to smile through the suck. Like it's fine. Like, and then it's a whole nother experience. Like I don't even remember the bad nights when Sarah took off for the night and I was like, literally had an entire grill full of tuna and swordfish. And I'd never literally worked the grill before. And I was like, how did I get here? And what am I doing? Mm -hmm. Um, but it's fun when you're just there hanging out with your family. I'm so, 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 so incredibly fortunate for that. We just like to have a good time. Yeah, it's so cool. I it's just like the the getting angry and the fighting. Like it doesn't help at all. No, which... not a lot of people. I will say could probably work with not one but five <laughs> right. of their family. Yeah, that's, what, that's what keeps going through my head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But we all. What I think is so truly special is that we all bring something different to the table. My one brother Sam is extremely logical everything has to be like perfect down to a science like smartest person i know will's like funny happening joking rapping like sarah's got like another creative personality like my dad's like mr fix it nothing is impossible my mom brings a sense of reality to every conversation like all of those personalities together i feel like make us be the best version of ourselves but also have kind of helped us realize that we do have something special how do we four kids take this to the next level with hooked up marketplace? And yeah, very thankful for that. Uh, do you, is there like an org chart? Does everyone know what you just said? This person's this, this person's this will sounds like my guy. Um, there's not an org <laughs> chart, but I will say, so like from a hooked up marketplace perspective, I kind of cover a lot of the, um, the marketing, the branding. Uh, I did inventory. Sarah did all of the financials, all of the business operations. My cousin worked on kind of supply chain, Pennsylvania sales. Sam just showed up every day without asking. It was like, how can I help? I'm like, what did we do to deserve you? Um, but there's no org chart. It was really funny because I was filling out a recent um, job application and resume. And I literally was like, 
what did we, what did I, what was my job at Hooked Up Seafood? Yeah. Whatever <laughs> you want. With any small business CMO. and especially a family business, it's just like everyone wears multiple hats. Yeah. But then, yeah, there's, there's no org chart. It's kind of yeah. all like this. Yeah. And then when some person tries to like stack up, you're like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Level back up. I think Taylor, maybe I have a question for you um, or Maddie as well. Um, just having this podcast with you and like, you, I think I've been talking a little fast because I've also probably you are really getting fast. me so hyped up and just your energy <laughs> and you're so positive and happy. And I think people listening, like if you can just understand, like, it seems like what this has done for you to quit corporate and go after these dreams and pursue what you really love, how potentially it changed you as a person. And I think that's why it's my question for Taylor, your first meeting with Tess or you knowing her, um, was she, was she like this, you yes. know, a year ago? Well, I was just about to say the whole bright family is they're unicorns. Mm. So like in high school when Tess was going to have a party or like, at, like there was like an adventure day at the brights, like you showed up at the brights and you knew you were going to get into something crazy, <laughs> whether it was like midnight tubing in the marsh or like, I don't, I, they have this whole pond with a zip line that we would just, you know, hit endlessly. It was like, you just knew when you were going to the brights, it was going to be the best time ever and all this stuff. I will say in the last year, Tess has, she's on fire. Like you literally This see, girl is on fire. This girl mm -hmm. is on fire. That might be my new walk-up song. Hell yes. yeah. Let's go. Do you want me to sing it for you right now? I'll do it. Yeah, no. So <laughs> yeah, my, no? Yeah. My, my take is, yeah, when I met Tess, it was just like, the energy is magnetizing. And that's yeah. why we drank beer for like three hours. And yeah, it was like, I'm just going to go meet Taylor for the first time. Like, I'll, you know, maybe like have a drink for an hour. And then we both looked down at our phones and we're like, we've been sitting here for three hours. Yeah. Matt, Matt's brother was in town. I remember he was like working out at Apex. I'm like, you got to just come meet this girl. I'm like, we made it. You were telling me about your family and the zip line. I'm like, uh, okay, yeah. we're going to road trip out there. I've never Pod wanted to go to New Jersey, but I'm going to Jersey now. Yeah. Like, uh, but my observation is this was always Tess, but she was not fully living into it. Yes. And that's kind of like, I saw it in her. I saw it in her personality, but like she wasn't in full alignment. Yeah. And I think now she's in full alignment, if that's fair to say, yeah. um, which I do. I do have one final question. So it seems like it's cool to hear the story of Hooked Up. Um, I'm really fascinated by the story of Tess and <laughs> thinking of like six to eight years ago, nine months ago when I met you where you're at now. Uh, what do you think is possible for a test six to eight years from now? I get the chills just thinking about that. I feel mm. like it's so much, it's even bigger than I probably am thinking in my head for what's possible. But I know that I'm like, in order to get to where I, I think I'm going to be, I have to work really hard. I have to focus. I have to make sacrifices. And that the more time that I spend investing in myself, most mm. importantly mm. in the businesses, like, the sky's the limit. I mean, like mm -hmm. I've been big on journaling, shout out Maddie. Yeah. I have been manifesting so many things for myself, but I feel like the number one thing is just like telling myself every day, you're doing great, mm -hmm. keep it up and you will keep doing great things. Mm -hmm. But yeah, like, I feel like if this was an interview question, it's like, where do you see yourself in five years, mm. <laughs> six to eight years? Like, I don't know, but if it's anything, I hope I am happy I hope I'm creating an amazing life for myself. I have no doubt I will still be like living in the present and taking spontaneous trips. But as long as I am doing what I love and surrounding myself with people that mean so much to me and are quality people and I'm spending quality time doing things that I love, like 
I will continue to be the happiest person on the planet. Yes. Love that answer. Yeah. What I'm hearing is you really figure out who you are and Mm -hmm. then you just like are following up on those things. And I know so many people we talk to, well, it's a big thing Matt and I are really leaning into is like, know thyself. That's the first step to anything. And that's like clients that I, I coach. It's like, let's not worry about the five to 10 year plan. Let's figure out like what really makes you tick. And like we had Amelia on with human design. And it's like, when you really understand like what, what fills you up, who are you, your personality, like what you want out of life. And then you go do it. And I think most people who fall off is like, they just stop doing those things. They yes. stop surrounding themselves with those people. So my advice would be, if you ever fall off or feel down, listen to this podcast. Yeah. Just remind yourself <laughs> of everything you're feeling right now and you'll be on track. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. I mean, it's so true. And this is like, tell you what, we want to have more parties, modern happiness parties. And whenever the chowder's ready, (laughs) we're going to host host a chowder party. I might need some recipe chowder baths, testers. Oh my God. Saint, I will quit everything I'm doing right now to be your sole recipe taster. Actually, uh, my family and I growing up in Connecticut, we would go to Newport, Rhode Island every year for the chowder fest. Love Newport. Chowder Didn't fest know they every had year. a chowder fest. Oh but. my, dude, we would eat gallons of chowder <laughs> and like, and you know, have the beer. Calories then, don't count when you're drinking beer. And hell no. Yeah. And then they'd have like an oyster, like uh, no hands, like slurp up. Love <laughs> Me and my dad and brother would do it. We would beat everyone. Little girls would go home crying. Uh, anyway, but I love it. My dad makes a, a, a seafood chowder, which uh, he's going to make when I go home for Christmas. I'm super nice. Enjoy. Really good. Enjoy. Yeah. But um, yeah, I would, you know, to host a host a chowder we'll event. Have a, we'll have a chowder party. I have to do some homework on some resources. But yeah, when it's ready, no rush, no rush. When it's ready, yeah. don't but, worry. You guys will be the first to know. Yeah, and you're listening. You know, get on the wait list now. Just send us a DM. Be like, I want in. Chart a, start a chowder subscribers list. Chowder of the month. Mm. <laughs> now we're talking. Hey, if you if uh, you're hearing this, uh, I think the gratitude challenge will start potentially right when this comes it out. We'll have already started. It yeah. starts today, Monday, when this comes out. Um, Maybe one of the <laughs> we're giving away a prize. Well, just oh to give God. out some chowder too. Chowder we, in the should, mail. Man, I've got so many ideas here. Should we do a, <laughs> a calendar? I want to have this calendar with you and me oh and chowder God. baths. Oh this my God. So many ideas oh here. My, my oh, brain is firing. Okay. Oh, yeah, we're, we're getting out of control we here. Log off Tess, and start down. Thank you so much. Um, where can people, you know, follow along with you? Follow along with Hooked Up. All the you can things follow going me on. at Tess Bright and then at Hooked Up Marketplace and for all the fun stuff too at Hooked Up Seafood. Um, I've been doing to, trying to do a really good job of sharing um, not just the finished perfect product, but a lot of the behind the scenes. BTS the fun, baby. Yeah, the fun that we have making fish stock, making soup, hanging out in the kitchen. Um, so yeah, for all things food, fun, adventure, chowder, give yes. me a follow. Yeah, I, I love that. That's what people love too. Like, Showing the family, yeah. like you and your family interacting, like even if it's just at home or Christmas, it's like, th- this is who's behind hooked up and it, and for people to see that and be a part of it just makes them, you know, want to support Absolutely. you even more. So I love that. I'm excited to continue Guys, following along. Thank you so much for having me. This has been so fun. My cheeks hurt from <laughs> laughing and yes. smiling yes. throughout this entire conversation, but this has been absolutely wonderful. Yeah. Thanks so much for coming on. And until next time. Peace. Peace. Wow, that's